with me this morning to talk about the upcoming election is uh, former city Seattle City Council member Bruce Harold, who is running to become the next mayor for the city of Seattle. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Bruce, before we get to talking about your campaign and your um, outlook for the city, your visit for the city, uh, let's talk a little bit about the power of voting and the importance of minority and underserved communities to vote in significant numbers. Uh, there are some people in our listening audience who may live outside of the city of Seattle and aren't eligible to vote uh, for the mayor of Seattle, but certainly the dynamics of voting are the same regardless of where you live. So uh, from the perspective of a former city council member, can you explain how some of your colleagues, based on their political, uh, based some of their political decisions on the collective voting record of specific groups, neighborhoods, and organizations? Yeah, well, you know, I, we do a lot of work out there in the field asking people if they vote, and a lot of people just say no. I mean, I don't, I don't trust the politicians. I don't pre- trust the city. Um, my vote doesn't make a difference, and. You know, we we sit there and try to talk to folks and say, you couldn't be more wrong. Your vote does matter. And just realize if you are not um, active, people are making decisions for you. And you know as well as I do, people, civil rights leaders before us, literally fought, gave their lives for our right to vote. So I just, you know, it's incumbent upon us to inspire and teach and educate. But I continue to be amazed by the apathy uh, out there, it's not widely prevalent. I don't want to mislead anyone, but I get—I mean, it happens more than you think. And people just say, "Hey, man, I don't—I don't trust the system, so I'm not going to vote." I just tell folks that's not the right answer, brother. I have to tell you. Right, and Bruce, that brings me kind of into my next cam uh, question about your uh, campaign a little bit. You know, there are people who who are undecided about who to vote for, and quite frankly, there's a lot of people who are frustrated with the political establishment for a number of reasons. With that being said, you know, why are you looking to become the next mayor of the city of uh, Seattle? Well, um, you know, I'm, I, again, I'm asked that a lot. And I will tell you, I've tried to prepare a lifetime for this moment. Far from perfect. Make mistakes all the time. But I do my work. You know, anyone that's worked with me in the community will know that I, I'm the first at the meeting. I work the hardest. I do the research. I try to inspire. I try to listen. And I think that right now, with coming out of COVID, looking at uh, small businesses as, a, as an example, which has always been, particularly in the African-American community and, and other uh, communities of color, the small business has been vital to our success, employing our families, our friends, our community members. We have to thrive coming out of COVID. Um, that's one main reason. Looking at racism that many of us, again, for decades have been fighting against unreasonable force by police officers, discrimination in the workplace. These have not got away. In fact, it needs renewed energy. It needs our collective energy. And so these things pull you back into doing, we could be comfortable doing um, nothing. And we cannot do that. That's unacceptable. So I'm energized by the energy I see around me. Uh, I went to the supermarket yesterday and and ended up talking with six people standing around me and saying, look, you know, we've been content. We've been a little passive, but now is our time going into 2022. So I'm, I'm like it was in the 70s. I have this renewed energy, but it's not just coming internally. It's coming from people around me 
coming out of COVID, looking at what 2022 could bring. So let's create jobs. You know, I'm creating a sales job center. Let's, let's make sure everyone has health care. Let's make sure uh, we can figure out where the new activity is in terms of small business. So there's new, renewed energy, Chris, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm loving that piece of our campaign. Right. And, Bruce, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the problems uh, that are facing our city right now. Uh, number one, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about gun violence. We don't have to look very far to understand that gun violence is a major problem in Seattle right now. I mean, we're, I'm hearing, personally hearing people talk about young people who have been shot, shot at, and others who have been killed. Like, this is a normal thing to talk about. Like, oh, yeah, my nephew was, uh, got shot at or got shot last week, or my cousin, this happened to him, you know. And quite frankly, there are enough people who are, um, you know, frustrated by the response or the lack of response or the lack of a, any type of substantial response uh, from a number of city officials. Yeah. So we have to first recognize that, for particularly I'll focus on the youth for the moment, that if they lose someone to gunfire, they are traumatized, too, that you can't be around gunfire experience that kind of loss without having trauma. And so we have a lot of youth that have untreated trauma and they don't have places where they can go or people they can talk to to help relieve that trauma. So what we will do is make sure we have the right trauma response in place, the treatment, the continued treatment, number one. Number two, again, in my Seattle Job Center, we're going to look at youth who are trying to find who they are, what they are, what their gifts are where they can find free training and free services to tap into those gifts, whether it's apprenticeship, working with their hands, developing code, working with their minds, math skills, English as a second language. We're going to tap into that. Third, third, there are a lot of um, mentors out there that have come from that life, right? And they, they have gifts to offer the young folks to make sure that they can pull them out of that life. And so we're, we're going to have a multi-pronged strategy to make sure that we keep our young people safe and keep all of all people safe because a lot of these are adults still with this kind of gunfire. The other thing is we have to realize we're one of the few states that do not allow cities to regulate guns. We have a, an exemption law on our state books in Olympia that will not allow the Seattle to do things such as bar um, guns in parks public parks as an example, or to remove guns from someone being someone that's intoxicated as an example. So I'm going to work really hard to get out from that exemption because we are, are a minority jurisdiction that preempts cities from regulating, making reasonable regulations for guns, and I don't think that's good policy. Right. And, and Bruce, talking about the flip side of that uh, briefly, is let's talk a little bit about police and police accountability. We all know what happened last summer as a result of the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd protests that took place in Seattle. We lost a police chief in Carmen Best, the first African-American to be appointed to the permanent position, who ultimately came uh, a victim of a situation of just us and not justice that took place over 1,600 miles away. Um, where are we right now with policing in the city, in your opinion, and what do you believe we need to do uh, with regards to policing to move forward? Well, we we have to first admit, and this is why I passed the, the sole sponsor of the biased-free policing law, because I want the data to know who gets stopped by traffic stops, quote-unquote routine traffic stops, whose taillights are out, so to speak. And we know that 
Uh, there was a recent study that came out right here in police. We don't have to go to Minneapolis to um, talk about the George Floyd murder, and it was murder. We don't have to go that far to see the bias in our police department. On the other hand, um, you know, we want effective police officers in our community, too. We want seven-minute response times, and we want to change the culture such that we can rebuild trust with our community officers. So we're going to do extensive retraining, if you will. We're going to recruit new kinds of officers, and we will also examine where a gun and badge goes. And we do not need a gun and badge to go in situations like in Charlene Lyle's apartment where she was the one who called the police because she had some mental challenges herself and she ended up dead at the hands of police. So under my leadership, we are going to completely change the culture, uh, making sure our babies are safe, our communities are safe, and we have officers who truly are culturally competent. They come from our community. They know our community. They are out of the cars working with our youth, working with our elders, um, and quite candidly, the officers are going to break their code of silence. So when they see something like a George Floyd situation, they will speak out as loudly as you and I spoke out, Chris, because that's how you're going to build community trust. We need to know they are with us, not against us, and we do not have that in Seattle at all right now. Right. And, Bruce, uh, let's talk about uh, jobs and employment real quick. You know, what is your path to economic recovery, especially coming out of COVID, that is inclusive of all people, especially those who have been historically underrepresented as relates to the uh, creation of wealth and the economic growth that has taken place in Seattle that's kind of missed certain segments of our community? You know, in my personal story, I tell folks, even though my I, I had some of the best parents uh, I could have dreamt of as a, as a young child that they didn't go to college and they didn't have some of the resources available to that my kids have as an example. And that's one reason why I'm creating the Seattle Job Center and in, and what we're calling an Empowerment and Opportunity Center. So what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that, again, all of the training is necessary. Right now, if you want a job, where are you going to go? You're going to go to LinkedIn or Indeed or the unemployment officer, look online, and, you know, it's all over the map, right? And we're going to centralize that and, and make sure that we have – that's what the city can do, can centralize all of the different routes a person can go. But most importantly as well, uh, let people know where the resources are to train for a job that they're not quite skilled for at, at that point in their life. We're also going to bring in mentors in their life who have perhaps have skills in that particular area. And we're going to develop activities for a mentor to do with a mentee. And then maybe something not job-related. It might be something as learning how to golf or learning how to fish, something like that that uh, I've been trying to teach your father how to do for years, how to fish. It might be a quiet <laughs> activity that one does with another person to get to know them. And then the relationship evolves. I, I'm a firm believer in mentorship and sharing gifts for others. I think that's why we have gifts to, be, to, to begin with. We don't just them for ourselves. We share them with others. And so you're going to see a sort of an uplifting of our community, I think, in unprecedented levels in my candidacy. And that's what changed my life and the life of people around me. And I'm going to make sure that that occurs for everyone that's humanly possible uh, in our city. Right. And Bruce, I, I know we're up against some time constraints here, so uh, I'm going to uh, ask this question, but I w would like for you to, in this question I'm about to ask you, uh, to include um, your 
uh, perspective on affordable housing as well. Um, uh, you were born and raised in Seattle. You know, there are many longtime Seattleites who believe that Seattle is not the same Seattle that it used to be. You know, what are your, yeah, what are your feelings about Seattle as it stands right now? Are we as a city moving in the right direction, or do we need to start making strides to kind of get back to Seattle of old, if that is indeed possible? Well, with respect to housing, we have to fight for affordable housing, all levels of affordable housing. By that, I mean the from the homeless people who are housing insecure. When I was a kid, you know, a teacher or a barista could live in the city without being being housing insecure. Uh, now that person is almost homeless. And so we have to fight for affordable housing. And so we have many strategies to do that, even for people who've come out of prison. And we look at the recidivism issues, people who are on fixed income. We'll use our housing levy. We'll use commercial linkage fees. And in addition to fighting and building housing and helping people subsidize themselves so they could stay in their existing house, which is the best way to keep affordable housing, keep keep keeping people in their existing house. We will also look at how we preserve cultural institutions, um, buildings that are owned by, uh, let's take African-Americans as an example, buildings and, and structures that have been around here for years. How do we preserve those? And so, again, you're going to see monies in our budget and advocates at the city, including myself, making sure we keep these structures in place and improve them and re- rehabilitate them. We can't just keep them in a dilapidated way. So you're going to see us doubling down on these efforts for what I'll call cultural institution preservation. All right. Um, and, and Bruce, uh, we have about two minutes left. Uh, I, I, just, I want to give you that time to open up and just let you speak directly to uh, the voters here in Seattle, particularly the African-American community, um, about uh, your campaign and supporting your campaign uh, and getting out to vote next Tuesday. Thank you, Chris. First, I want to thank you and your family. I know it's a family affair, and Frank and all the others that have kept our community vibrant. Uh, and I say that as a person that grew up here in the, in the streets in the Central District and around Southeast Seattle. Thank you. The vote will, for the primary, is August 3rd. And so I tell people, get it in the ballot box and hopefully vote for me. I want to thank you, uh, your newspaper, for the endorsement. I received the sole endorsement of Sale Times and people like Larry Gossett and Norm Rice and Gary Locke and George Fleming and Jesse Weinberry and a whole host of our community leaders. Don Mason, I shouldn't just stop because I, I will leave out some names. Um, thank you for this warm support. They've all gotten uh, with me to support me. This is much bigger than me. Um, it's for our community, for us to make history together coming into 2022. So I tell people to go. We have two offices. Go to my website, BruceForSeattle.com. Come to get me to know me a little better. I'm still meeting people that I didn't know in this city. I thought I knew a lot of folks. We're having a good time because we motivate ourselves by love and faith and compassion. There are people I read that say, well, I don't like this about, you know, his candidacy or what he's done. And I'm thinking, well, uh, teach me then. Tell me where I can get better. And, you know, there there could be assumptions we made about a policy I advanced or supported that maybe it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. You can criticize me, but not for my intent, because I am always part of our community. My parents taught me well. They both were civically active as well. So 
I tell folks, even those that have been critical, and that hurts often, but I have to, I have to allow that pain to sink in so I can get better. I tell folks, um, don't stand on the sidelines. Come talk to me. Come have coffee with me so we can get better because this is about our community, Chris. And thank you and your family for doing what you all do. All right. Thank you very much, Bruce. We appreciate having you on. Um, uh, best wishes to you uh, in the general election, which takes place uh, uh, this Tuesday. Encourage everybody to get their ballots in either a ballot box or in the mail. Uh, the ballot boxes are safer because they go directly um, to uh, the elections office and don't have to travel through the mail. You have to worry about make sure you got the right postmark. Um, Bruce, thank you for joining us on today's show. You've been endorsed by the Seattle Medium Newspaper Group uh, for this election, uh, and we uh, wish you the best and, and continue uh, to have uh, success. Uh, with you and your family and all your endeavors, but more importantly, uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, down at City Hall. Thank you very much, Chris. You have a great day.